raised a brow. Are you talking about curses again? Curses, fate, coincidence, whatever you wish to call it. It looks around for the one least likely to appreciate whatever it has planned, then singles him out for, in this case, marriage. No, I'm most certainly doomed. Sinclair tossed back the rest of his brandy, then signaled a waiter for more. I might as well walk out on the street right now and propose to the first woman who passes by. It's not that dire, Oliver chuckled. Who knows what might happen? Under the proper circumstances, I could certainly marry next. Would you? Sinclair accepted a fresh glass from the waiter. I would appreciate it. I'm afraid not, Oliver studied the American. It is nice to know, however, that you are preparing yourself. Preparing myself? To lose. Sinclair considered the other man for a long moment. No, Norcroft. In spite of my suspicion that by forming this tontine we have shaken our fists at whatever gods rule these things, and may well have brought a curse down upon our heads, I am not by any means surrendering. He raised his glass. I shall fight to my last dying breath. Here, here, Oliver said, and clinked his glass with Sinclair. But I will give you this, Norcroft. Should I be lucky enough to avoid fate or coincidence or this curse, I shall be delighted to drink a toast to you at your wedding, Sinclair grinned. With my cognac, of course. Oliver returned the grin. I shall count on it. Still, Sinclair had a point. It was odd that those least likely to marry were now happily wed. If they were indeed cursed, or if the American's theory as to the contrary nature of fate was accurate, then Oliver needn't concern himself with the prospect of marriage. At least not yet. However, if I were you, Oliver's grin widened, I certainly wouldn't wager on it. One must always be open to the possibility of adventure presented by a fork in the road. An English Lady's Travelling Companion Chapter One Even the least astute among us, upon observing Lady Cordelia Bannister for the first, or even the second or third time would immediately recognize that she was a young woman of sterling qualities. Properly raised, well-mannered, respectful in all ways and a credit to her parents. Even her penchant for travel, her writing about said travel, and a distinct hint of independence in her attitude would not significantly detract from that impression. Unless, of course, that first observation, or second or third, of the last remaining unwed daughter of the Earl of Marsham took place on a particularly overcast summer day, as Cordelia stood before her father's desk in his library, her mother seated off to one side. No, absolutely not. Why, the very suggestion is barbaric. Cordelia stared at her father in stunned disbelief. And this is why you called me here. Honestly. Father, for something of this magnitude, one should be given some sort of warning so that one might prepare oneself. I thought it was nothing more important than discussion of my latest bill at Madame Collette's. The Earl sat behind his desk, the very symbol of his authority and that of any number of Earls preceding him, and closed his eyes momentarily as if to pray for strength, as he often had through the years when dealing with his daughters. I have not yet seen that particular bill although I suspect it will not surprise me. It's not really that bad, dear, Mother said with an unconcerned shrug. No worse than usual. That is good news, Father said sharply, and directed his attention back to Cordelia. 
but it's not the subject at hand. As for the subject at hand, Cordelia raised her chin and met her father's gaze directly. I have absolutely no intention of doing anything of the sort, and frankly, father, I don't believe you can make me. I am of age, after all. Cordelia sank down into the chair that matched her mother's. I find the idea repugnant and offensive and really quite medieval. I wouldn't call it medieval, her mother murmured. A bit out of fashion, perhaps. The Earl ignored his wife and stared at his youngest daughter. Oh, but I can make you, Cordelia. And your age is of no particular consequence, as you are as firmly dependent on your family for your support and sustenance now as you were when you were a child, as your bill from your dressmaker attests. Cordelia was hard-pressed to dispute the point, given that father was right. Still, a woman approaching her 26th birthday should not be forced to take a step as drastic as marriage without...